Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. <laughs> Yeah. Woo! Let's go! Y'all need to sit back, listen, enjoy the ride. Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride. Cause the Sports City Chefs is on the night. In the kitchen, cooking up, they on the ride. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case go from cold to hot, state evidence. Kaboom, sports city chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Hello, how you doing today? I hope I find you feeling healthy on this Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. This is the Crossover Cafe right now. You got me solo as uh, I've actually been out of hand for about a month now. Uh, It's been a pretty crazy month, but uh, we're, you know, we're sitting here two days before Christmas Day, which I, I, I mean, Christmas Day and basketball season, they're, they're synonymous. You know, you think about uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has always seemed to be uh, the big day for football. And then Christmas, it feels like, I, as long as I can really remember, Christmas Day has been the dominant, the dominant show. I mean, there's no games as of right now, uh, tomorrow, Friday 24th, there's no games on Friday and then Saturday we have a slew of matchups starting with Atlanta uh, going to New York. So you got Trey Young potentially going back to the Garden. Uh, you have Boston going to Milwaukee. So this showcase name there is obviously going to be a chance to see Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, you have an absolute great matchup uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern of Golden State. And Phoenix. Right now, number uh, two going to number one as Golden State has fallen to that two seed while Phoenix has risen to that number one seed uh, on that five o'clock Christmas Day game. Could you ask for much more? And then you have Brooklyn versus L.A. in L.A. And it seems kind of fitting that that game would be in L.A. It's it's an interesting matchup. Um, And uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, as a as a Brooklyn Nets fan, but as as kind of the person who would tune into that game for stars, star power, your LeBron, your Westbrook, you you kind of wonder what you're going to get out of there, and especially everybody knows right now 
what's going on with COVID. You don't know. <laughs> you know, they always say card is subject to change when you're going to certain uh, sporting events or, or, or um, you know, anything of that nature. Player subject to change. I feel like that is being taken into account more <laughs> the last couple of weeks than we've ever seen, especially. And we'll we'll take a quick look at where some of the numbers are. I know the Sports City chefs have been out here uh, on, on all sorts of shows and all sorts of platforms. And you can always read our stuff at www.sportcitychefs.com. Um, but on, on the shows, you know, we'll talk about something last night and then today will happen and something new and crazy is going to happen. Uh, I know, for instance, speaking of that, that uh, Nets game, it looks like there's a chance uh, they might be able to get uh, a James Harden back. And we have, you know, you've had uh, Durant, carrying that team, and and in just the last week, it's only been the last week since the announcement of Kyrie both coming back and then entering protocols. Um, and then we'll end that Christmas Day slate going to Utah, uh, and I think that is one of the best, like, one, you know, heavy hitter, puncher uh, matchups that we've got going on. Now, I'm looking at my board here, and it looks like we got a – I can't actually see it, and my computer is being weird, but uh, we got somebody on the line. Who's there? Yo, real talk, my guy. I'm gonna need you to understand and realize my area code and my zip code. What's going on, my guy? How we doing tonight? What's going on, my man? Hey, uh, not much, man. You, not much. Uh, you um, you've got it. Did you, did you have you had a chance to really stop and salivate over this Christmas Day lineup? I know that's what I was just talking about. Uh, I love to. Yeah. Uh, I, I just love to speculate. I love looking at that, at upcoming games more than I look at highlights of, of past games. Is there any one of those? I don't know if you were listening there, but but are there any of those that uh, that jumped out at you that you're looking forward to? You know, I'm actually looking forward to all of them to be painfully honest with you, because there's so many intriguing storylines that um, are, are, are birthed from 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 this set of games. You know, who's playing, who's not. Obviously, COVID is running wild. Uh, amongst the sporting world right now, so um, that that Atlanta Hawks and that New York Knicks yeah. matchup is going to be interesting yeah. because we don't understand if is Trey Young going to play and and, and and who's going on there. You know, Brooklyn and and, and LA is, is, is a very intriguing matchup just for star power alone. Uh, could that be the game that 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 Kyrie comes back because he's on the road in LA, um, and obviously due to you know, government, you know, situations, uh, he's unable to play in, in Brooklyn. So that's the game that Kyrie comes back. I mean, there's so many games that I'm looking forward to sitting down with my with my cup and my food and watching, with, you know, with the little guy. Uh, I mean, we, we can go all over the place with it, but those are the two marquee, if you ask me, you know. Is Trey Young going to be able to suit up and play? Uh, for the Atlanta Hawks, and is Kyrie actually going to be able to play in L.A. for the first time this season? There's a lot of questions around that. Yeah, I love the uh, the idea of uh, Trey Young going into the Garden um, to open your Christmas Day slate, and especially uh, around here. I mean, I'm telling you, man, it's it's wild just how um, Knicks fans are. I mean, I love it. I love the passion of the Knicks fans. I mean, they're crazy. Uh, and I think you need to be a little bit of crazy to have stuck through everything the Knicks have, Knicks have put the fans through. But, you know, I, I think any sports fan, it doesn't need to be um, 
just basketball, but you, you pick any sport, like Barry Bonds, for instance, right? When, when Barry Bonds was hitting those home runs, but everybody knew he was doing it ugly, like he could step into any stadium and he'd get booed. Uh, and I mean, you, you think of basketball, the first guy, you know, again, being in the New York area, I would think of for that would be a Reggie Miller. And I just haven't seen that, like that enemy, that, that vitriol, you just see the guy's name just start seizing. And, and every so often, one of those guys will, will show up from Atlanta to, uh, you know, a non Knicks uh, Hawks game. And you'll see a, see a dude wearing um, a Trey Young jersey. And he'll just get booed mercilessly. It's like it's like showing up to Yankee Stadium in a Red Sox jersey in in the early 2000s. Just that vitriol when you just see the name Trey Young, and, and I love it. There's just it, it, yeah. man, I I love sports movies. I love that like dramatic shot of the dude coming out of the tunnel in the enemy stadium, and they're all booing him, and it just feels like you get that energy. And boy, I really hope the NBA gets gets that for uh for christmas day because that would be just a great way to start it but man there's well let me ask you Aaron. i mean what do you think right now um and you know i haven't had a channel i gotta admit i haven't had a chance to tune into any other shows so any opinions you got right here are raw to me but uh but what do you th- how do you feel the nba is handling all of the you know the covid situation i mean just absent of of trying to really force these Christmas Day games, but how do you feel for they're doing? I don't think they're doing well, um, and that's not just the NBA, but just sports in general. Um, when you have the numbers that 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 we have across the landscape of sports, and you are still proceeding as though numbers are what they were. I, I I don't like where this is trending. I honestly believe that, um, in my opinion, the NBA, and I can, again, I can spread across the NFL as well, um, may need to put this on pause. I think the NHL um, is kind of giving us the blueprint, if you will, on how to handle these mass, uh, these mass cases, you know, put a ball like a breakout, on everybody, yeah. you know, you know, self, you know, quarantine, stay in place, get the numbers um, down, and then, then proceed. You know, we do have players that are, are, are in our game in the NBA that, unfortunately, are not vaccinated. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit on here and, and beat a dead horse about whether you should be vaccinated or not. I, I think if you're looking to uh, how I my, my stand on the situation on previous shows, I made that point very, very clear. But at the end of the day, there are men that, that, that do play this game that are not vaccinated, and yet the numbers are where they are, yet you bring a Kyrie Irving back uh, into the fold. Oh. Um, and, you know, his, his position on his vaccination status has been very, very well documented. As a matter of fact, you know, in some circles it is praised, highlighted, and put on a pedestal because he has taken such a demonstrative stand um, against getting the vaccine. Again, it's his choice. I, I don't begrudge him for that, but when you have the numbers like they are, um, and then you bring such a a polarizing figure back into back into the game because of whatever reasons. I said this yesterday on the free fall. Um, if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you draw this hard line in the sand and you don't adhere to said line, um, your your word is nothing. Your your, your stance means nothing. Thus, you lose credibility. 
um, to make any other hard stand, whether you're, you know, trying to deal with, you know, contract, you know, con, you know, content detrimental or whatever the case may be. Right. So I don't think the NBA is handling it well. I don't think the NFL is handling it well. I think the only league that's handling this well is the NHL. Boy, man, that's that's something else that we're uh, we're sitting here. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think right now you you kind of. It's it's tough. Like I, I always try to put myself right in the shoe of of the commissioner, the guy who has to make the decision. So when I look at at basketball, see the the, the way the schedule. See, you could do it in basketball. What you're talking about, you could do it in basketball because basketball and hockey have the most you know alike schedules. Football, we don't know it's you're playing on Sunday. Although now it feels like there's a game every other day, which is great as a football fan. Uh, but uh, you know, and then when we talked about baseball, you know, I I did the baseball show over the summer. And it was just, I mean, it's constant. There's literally, there's, you know, there's always something happening. And especially in, in, in today's baseball, there's always something really weird and dramatic going on. Um, but when you look at the basketball season, and it's so star-driven. I mean, it's more than, you know, I, football is a true team sport. And it's, and, and you just take the quarterbacks and it's, it's a whole nother level. But I think in basketball, I mean, a dude's face is the franchise. I mean, you know, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, uh, you know, Trey Young. We've been talking about that. We, we talk, I, I'm telling you, if we t- had a conversation, you and me, and we spent, uh, you know, we said, let's, let's take 20 minutes on the, on the Hawks. First off, uh, nobody wants to listen to that, so we wouldn't do it. But if we did, we'd probably say the name Trey Young more than we would say Atlanta Hawks. And I think that's just basketball right now. I mean, you talk about the Nets, right? This is, I wanted to go back to this. You were talking about the Nets and then bringing in Kyrie. Uh, and, and you, you know, you're saying that, that you don't think the NBA has handled it well and that, uh, that you think they should kind of maybe mirror what hockey is doing. And I completely agree with that. Um, I think the fact that, that the Nets, it's what I wonder is if Kyrie wasn't as talented as he was or is, uh, would the Nets still have been? Because their, their logic for bringing him back was, um, we need the bodies, right? They didn't say necessarily like he's such a talented player. We're getting him back. It's not. Nah, we just need the warm body at this point. So, if you're willing, my thought is, it seems a little hypocritical. If you're willing to do that, and this guy is willing to throw out like his big whole stance, which hmm, hilarious that he he stepped uh, back in right before Christmas Day, which is as I'll say this, I will say this every week, which is when you know Christmas is when the uh, the basketball season starts. You know, I, I don't know, man. How 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 clung to your morals were you? If this is this is almost a predictable comeback, um, and if you're the Nets, I don't know. I, I they they were very smart. I think at the beginning of the season, putting their foot down. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm disappointed in Brooklyn in how they handled. Let it. me ask you this question. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this question though. You know, if if if, if we're going to call the Brooklyn Nets smart for how they handle the situation, you know, I'm not sure we can sit there and say that they're still smart with their backtracking and the backpedaling on their situation now. And the thing is, the, the, the league put in place a, 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 I guess, a COVID player exemption where people like Joe Johnson you know, we're able to come back right. and play for the Boston Celtics on a on a ten day. If you, you know, have a, a a COVID situation where you don't have enough guys or whatever the case may be, so the league essentially right. 
put something in place to alleviate teams from this situation, and yet you go blame a, 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 a guy, a polarizing figure like a Kyrie back into the fold and say that you're okay with him being a quote-unquote part-time player when your stance a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, was that you don't want part-time players. You kind of lose credibility so, there. Here's my, my one counter to that, and I'm, and again, not defending Kyrie coming back to the Nets, but I, I think, and I'll have to go look at it, I think the decision to bring Kyrie back was made before they had that rule in place where it's like, I think what's, it's, I think the deal is, is once you have two uh, positives, then you can add a player. Once you get your third positive, you can add another or something like that. I think, I think Kyrie was brought back before those, but it, it really makes me wonder, like, what if, uh, you know, what if they brought him back after these changes were made? You know, I think that would be hyper. Like at this point, it's like, you know, I, I mean, go, 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 what's Greg Oden up to? You know what I mean? Can they pull? Can the uh, can Charlotte pull uh, Jordan out of, off the Raptors? Probably better than a lot of the uh, the guys. The guys playing. Well, see, here's my counter to your counter. Okay, um, I am a firm believer that nothing happens in this league that comes as a shock to owners, GMs, personnel, like, and, and they shock us, a.k.a. the fan, and they shock us, you know, a.k.a. the media or, you know, bloggers or podcasters or electricity, but I have a hard time believing that something like this would be approved, thus put into place without significant conversation being had prior to. So to, 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 to my chagrin, you know, the fact that this new rule or this new exemption, if you will, is, is in place, I don't think it will come as a shock to the Brooklyn Nets or any other uh, of the teams because, you know, these guys speak, these guys talk, these guys don't – these guys work for Adam Silver. You know, right. it's not a shock. So, again, it, it, it may shock us, but I don't think it's shocking them. So let let me ask you, right? I, I all right. If if you're a franchise owner, I think, you know, I think, um, you know, you're not unlike me, in that, you, you know, you're 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 very uh, trying to keep everybody safe, right? That's the number one thing. I think I think everybody within the sound of my voice would agree. Your number one goal is to keep everybody safe. Uh, one question I would have, too, is not just necessarily with the Kyrie thing, is where are you getting the players from? Now, I know there's there's protocols in place where uh, a guy, I think he has to have something like four or five negative tests before he can join the team. But I, it, it seems like with their, um, uh, with their, their process, uh, of just almost trying to go, okay, listen, let's pull the first guy off the, uh, you know, off the court at the gym uh, to fill in. It, it's just kind of counterproductive. Um, I think this is the one, in my opinion, the one time the NBA having really, really small rosters has completely bitten them. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, maybe they can do something like what, uh, what baseball is doing, where, you know, in baseball you carry a 25-person roster, 
uh, an active, you know, game day roster, but you have a 40-person larger roster that's protected. That's kind of, you know, your, your franchise. Um, and those are the guys that, you know, nobody else can, can, can try to poach from your team. You know, those, that's where your contract is. And I wonder if this could lead to basketball maybe making some type of decision where they say, all right, we're going to have, you know, your 10, 12, whatever, your game day roster. But then there's a larger pool of 20 to 25, and you always have to carry, you know, three guys. And then I think this is what baseball did. Uh, And I think football did, or maybe it was football that did this last year, where you would almost have a guy designated – to like stay at home who does not travel with the team who almost specifically is away from the team and could join it at the drop of a hat. And it'd have to be somebody versatile, but I think you can do that in a sport like basketball as opposed to football. Cause football is very, you know, you're, you're in your position. You can't have a wide receiver play, you know, defensive end, but in basketball, I mean, you get a guy who can just kind of play in multiple positions, maybe have two or three guys like that, you know, have one guard, one forward, and maybe a big man. Um, and their job, in a way, you're like you're paying them to stay at home. It's the, you know, I don't know. It's not a, it's what I've just presented. Is it a great solution? Probably not. Are there much better ones? Absolutely. But, but I think what you need to do is have some, have some contingency in place in case like your like a, a majority of your roster goes down because you can't have these things moving forward. Last year was the slightly shorter season. This year, we also have some weird caveats going on with the schedule. And, and I think now that we've had two years of, 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 of evidence on or, or evidence of, of actual um, game day situations, you know, the third year of this, the leagues really should figure it out. And I think Aaron, you know, I know Aaron uh, kind of dropped off there, but, you know, he made a really good point that, that the NHL has kind of had – uh, a solution mind when they have these problems and it's just take, take the, take the team off the table, just build a period of time in the middle of the season um, where if you need to have makeups, have makeup, you know what, this will sound crazy, but I'm, I'm, you know, I've got the, uh, uh, I, I've got the idea where the NHL has the Olympic break in the middle of the season, do it with every sport. Why not take your, take your, MLB all-star break and make it a true break, make it something like a week, two weeks. And that way, you know, you have a a period in there where if you need to fill in one or two series, you can do it. Uh, You can easily do that in basketball. All-star week. I always thought it was strange um, in every sport where you have, you know, a team play on, on, you know, a Tuesday or Wednesday, then have like two days off a group of, you know, maybe one or two guys per team. If that, you know, fly out to some really cool location. Um, and for the rest of the guys, you get like, okay, cool, four or five-day break. Well, you know, give give the players an opportunity to do something with, like, their family in the middle of the summer. Um, it, you know, I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm thinking about my idea here. I think it really could be done. You know, what you're also doing is, is you're making your season longer, and I think that's something that football has figured out to do masterfully which is, is stretch the season. So you think about, you know, the football season, really people start talking about it end of September, early August, and, and it's, it's nonstop to a point where you think about football now until February. And then once February is over, then kind of, you know, you had back college basketball hits, hits its period. And then, 
you jump into baseball and 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 really baseball for the summer, but uh, you know, early summer basketball still is 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 a big part of our hearts as they hit their second season. Now, I think with basketball, you absolutely could take the All Star break and make it uh, stretch it from one weekend to the next, right? So it starts on a starts on a Friday and ends on the next Sunday. So you have a true weekend there. You'll be able to fill in, you know, two three games at most. Um, I think there's just there's a lot of flexibility that you you give the players and the understanding is is if every player if we have better protocols and 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 we have better opportunity to, to fight this disease um, and we don't have the makeup games then you know what your rig reward is then your reward is you get a week off like a true honest to god week off like take your kid Disney World uh, you know go on a, a cruise or something with the family do something substantial. I always, I, I, I always feel bad sometimes for these players when it's like, all right, yeah, you're off on a, uh, off on a Thursday, see you back on Tuesday, you know, great. Yeah. You can certainly do something there, but you're just so limited. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's, that, that would make a lot of people upset, you know, sympathizing for these millionaires who are playing for billionaires and playing a sport, but there are just certain life things that I think they, they should get and, and, and specifically time with family. And if you don't have a family, great, then go, go have a couple, then you know what, that's where you get your, your time to party. You know what I mean? That's when, uh, you know, as assuming the scenario I just laid out is in place and you're focusing more on, you know, leisure activities and we can go out and do stuff more as a society and go to Vegas or something, man. Just do the uh, do the Dennis Rodman Bender process and and just go go crazy for a couple of days and then come back. You know, just don't you know don't go Charlie Sheen and uh, everything will be fine. I think there's absolutely um, an opportunity there for the leagues to build in flexibility. And, and at the end of the day, that's what we need the most. One of the arguments I've always heard for a reason not to do flexi- not to be flexible. Um, was around um, neutral sites, right? Um, I, I forget exactly what the narrative is, but, uh, you know, there's always been a talk about having like a, a game seven neutral site for basketball or baseball, right? It, it, would, it, would, it, would, it would make sense. That way you have three teams win their game at home, three teams win their games away, and you just give it the most neutral site possible. And one of the arguments I'd heard um, a lot growing up was, well, you, how can you do that? How can you just immediately, you know, put a game seven in, in a city? They're not going to be prepared. They're not going to be ready for it. I'm telling you right now, any city in the country would love to have a game seven. Like if you just said, Hey, we're just going to airdrop a, uh, um, you're just going to airdrop a game seven into Indianapolis, into, into Miami, into, um, you know, into any city, they'd, they'd take it in a heartbeat. Um, the TV networks, they would push aside, I think, almost any TV network would push aside anything for a basketball game seven of the finals. Um, and it would be something I would only do for the finals. I mean, in your conference championship games, uh, I don't think that's what you want to do. Um, but you know what? You, you kind of got to make do with what you can. And I think, I think the leagues need to – need to figure this out. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough situation. Uh, and nobody's going to win. Nobody's going to win 
until you build that process, until you take everything that you've learned um, over the last two years. And, you know, Aaron was saying that uh, it doesn't seem like the NBA has really learned anything um, because they haven't changed. They're just kind of putzing along like they're the only um, show in town, like they're the, the only – they don't need to change their rules. They don't need to – to do anything differently. But even if you listen to the players, they're absolutely, um, they're absolutely showing that they need to change. So it's a very interesting um, problem. Um, But, you know, I, I, I just wonder if the the players need to be a little bit louder about this because the players association need to get involved. It's a lot of questions to ask. Players association was able to empower themselves because I often find that the players' associations are um, fighting two fights, right? They're trying to protect the players, but they're also, in a sense, they have to protect the league. Um, you know, we see something like that happening in baseball where, where the, the association is trying to get their players the most contracts, but at the same time, they're trying to protect the players. And that's how we – this fight, a very public fight, by the way, um, ended up the baseball could have easily had a hundred and you know hundred and twenty ish game season last year, but they ended up with sixty because they couldn't come to an agreement on certain rules and protocol. It was not a big problem, uh, it, but they made a mountain out of a molehill. It felt like now basketball. Basketball, I think, I think seems to have pretty solid relations between the players union. Uh, and Adam Silver. It seems like there's there's not a lot of animosity. There could be more. There, there's always room for more animosity. And anybody who looks in our world today knows that sometimes people, I think, just try to have counterpoints just to have counterpoints, which I hate to say it is at, in this in this world kind of understandable. Um, now, I've always thought there should be some sort of mediation between the two. Um, of uh, the union and the leagues, but I don't I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And maybe now more than ever, there should almost be like a um, somebody independent, which I you know I guess would be an arbitrator or a mediator, but somebody that's that's again with this specific time in the world that is talking about player health and player safety. So this would, if you're looking at hockey, you also need somebody objectively to talk about when you're talking, you know, and and this is, again, I'm sure this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but when they took a look at things like fighting in hockey, you know, it's part of the sport. It's just an inherent part of the sport, right? It's hard to take the fighting out of hockey. And at the same time, they kind of have, because everyone knows it's not the greatest thing in the world and wailing on guys' uh, heads with a stick, really not a great thing. Um, some of those hits those guys take are, are, are just something else. Um, but you look at football. Football, imagine if they had an actual true independent mediator uh, when it came to things like player safety and saying, look, this is just what's going to happen. You've got to cut down on the head hits. And, or maybe if they said, you know what, the shots at the knees are something that, listen, it doesn't matter whether you're the Players Association or you're the league. It's something that's just got to be handled, you, you know, and, and they would they would take the association side, they'd take the team side, and they would say, this is where we're meeting halfway. You can both budge a little bit, but this is sort of how we're going. Um, and then you do the same thing with the NBA. 
um, you know, I think there are methods to get that done. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the NBA can do. I think they have the right um, people in place to make these decisions, and we'll see. I know um, as, as I'm on the air, there's a talk to reduce that 10-day quarantine period because of COVID-positive players. Um, and, I mean, we've, we've seen this new uh, Omicron variant really change things up. So uh, as of right now, um, they have, the NBA has had 141 players entered into health and safety protocols this season, including 127 December. So pretty much everybody has pretty much been um, in December, as we all know. But let's, uh, let's move off of this a little bit. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about, about kind of the season as a whole, right? So one to me, I think in the, the, the biggest on-the-court story right now is what's going on in the West. And, and I don't mean that in a what's going on, everything's crazy, in a hmm, it's a very interesting two-horse race out there with Phoenix and Golden State. Uh, I definitely am a big believer in Utah. I really like what they're doing out there. But, man, the Phoenix-Golden State, you know, I think it's going to be a season-long um, back and forth. And I also think that, that ultimately Golden State's going to finish um, ahead. Um, you know, he's got, like, like we all know, I mean, Steph Curry has been on a whole nother level. But they're only going to get better. I mean, you know, you're going to see, you know, Iguodala's got a, a, a you know, his knee. Um, Clay Thompson, we all know, is uh, – it feels like Clay Thompson's on the verge of coming back anytime soon. And the second you really get Clay in that lineup, they're just going to be even more dangerous. And it's not like, you know, sometimes you'll see a team with a, a wide receiver that's out in football, and they'll get another star wide receiver back, and like, all right, it didn't really make all that difference. Uh, it's not the same when you talk about these two guys with Clay and Steph because their skill set is both so perfectly unique. Um, you could even make an argument that if you had two of the best slashers in the world, uh, you know, you could have them stand back at the, at the top of the key or something like that, and they could pass the ball back and forth. The center could just kind of swing the ball back and forth. And, you know, the defense, I think, has a better chance at defending that then you have a chance of defending two guys who can just snipe the ball uh, through the net from, you know, from the logo. And we haven't seen Clay do it in a while, and I just wonder if we've maybe even forgotten how good they are. And then on top of all that, um, you know, we've got Wiggins in the safety protocol. Uh, Wiseman still, um, he has been cleared um, to come back, but they're, they're taking it slow. And why, why rush anybody back? on Golden State right now. So I, the Golden State is is only going to get better. Um, and Phoenix, I think Phoenix right now is just one of those teams that's just clicking. Um, you know, you've got, you've got the, the 16-year veteran, Chris Paul. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I just didn't think he would be able to sustain this this long. But here he is. He's doing it. Um, and the guy like JaVale McGee, um, you know, Jay Crowder and Frank Kaminsky, gosh, Frank Kaminsky is the fourth 
um, or no, I'm sorry. He's one of the, the least experienced guys on the on that roster. Alfred Payton and Cameron Payne have been there for a while, um, as has Devin Booker. But I mean, none of those guys are 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 near the impact of a Chris Paul. Um, you know, if you look at you look at minutes per game, and I always find this to be an interesting stat when you look at teams because it gives you an idea of their approach. You know, your your top minutes guys is is Mikael Bridges. And Mikael Bridges right now, I mean, he's he's a good player. I mean, he, you know, he's not he's not doing any one thing that makes you go, oh, I gotta have that guy in my roster. But man, he's a solid, solid presence. Um, and you know, I, I will admit, uh, I, I haven't seen him take any games over or anything of that nature. Um, but he does seem like. He's just he's solid and he's he's in there. He gets his job done. Um, you know, it's always good to have an an important, you know, good important forward. Um, but that team we all know, um, it just it feels like it's Chris Paul's team, even though it's even though it's Devin. Book, I mean, I don't know Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. That is a vicious trio. That is a really really good core. Um, and you just take so much pressure off of a guy like DeAndre Ayton, off of a guy like a. You know, Jay Crowder and, and Cameron Johnson who are the other guys who are averaging over 24 minutes a game. So I think, oh, actually, you know, I got to say, I really got to say, um, they have a really good uh, coach, Monty Williams. He's just, he's getting the most out of that team. I think that's what I'm, I'm really pleased with. I mean, the guy, he's, he's 50 years old um, and he's really since, hmm, I guess when he was coaching the Pelicans, he was all right too. But you know, I look at that, I look at that 2015 Pelicans team that he had, um, and you know, that was an Anthony Davis team. There's no way around it. I was trying to paint it a little bit nicer in my head, but you know, that was a that was an Anthony Davis team, and then we saw that get run out of him, uh, or him get run out of there, I should say. Um, but he's getting the most other guys in Phoenix. And, and I do think there's an extent to which Chris Paul is, is a coach and we'll see these two teams. I mean, they'll, they'll race it down the whole year. Uh, there's no way um, either of these teams will um, completely be out of it. I think golden state will have a period where they'll maybe go, you know, um, you know, five and three over an eight game stretch. And that will be possibly when they're kind of recalibrating the roster. Once, you know, you've got Clay, Wiggins, Wiseman, who I truly expect to to not change the team in any way, shape, or form. I think they'll be the same Warriors, but the dynamic will just be the, the sensitive, the the delicate dynamic of these franchises of these teams uh, will be. Um, altered just enough to cost them a couple games, and it's okay. They got the games to give. You know, those games to give, sure, that'll 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 help Phoenix. But I also um, fully expect Phoenix to um, ha- have have periods where they also go five and three. But I think they're a team that's more likely to have a couple stretches. You know, maybe two or three stretches of five and three ball. Where uh, Phoenix, I just don't see them going on multiple big losing stretches. They're just um, you know, uh, it, it always reminded me of when the Yankees would have Andy Pettit, 
uh, pitch, um, you know, like those 98 Yankees. You know, they just literally couldn't lose more than three in a row. Because at some point, you know, Andy Pettit was going to take the hill and, and get you a win. You knew when – I mean, it's still true today. I mean, you put Tom Brady out there, you're not going to have a lo- big losing streak. He's going to win you a couple games out there. And I think Steph Curry is that guy in the NBA. I think LeBron had that in the past. Now he kind of, you know, he needs a, a B. Um, but they're getting there. Now, speaking of LeBron, you know, I I, I, I want to talk about Cleveland. Cleveland is 19 and 13 on the season, and they're not doing um, – I don't think they're doing anything terribly spectacular. Right now they're 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 – their defense, though, I guess I shouldn't say they're doing anything spectacular and tell you how great the defense is. The defense is, is I, I think they might be the lowest, if not somewhere around they're the lowest points allowed per game. Now, they're not putting up, you know, they've got a good defense like Phoenix and Golden State, but they're not putting up the same amount of points. Uh, but they're also in the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, we all understand that the Eastern Conference isn't um, – you know, isn't necessarily the 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 king of all, but I mean, if you look at the the um, the way the last number of games have gone for um, for Cleveland, um, they're 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 doing it, and they're doing it impressively. So let me just take a quick 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 glance here at some of their last couple of games. Um, their last game they lost to the Celtics, um, you know, one eleven to one ten to one hundred one. So it was a ten point loss. So be it. But what I want to talk about is a little six game stretch that they had here, where they they beat the team in ninety two. They beat the Wolves one twenty three to one hundred six. They beat the, the Kings one seventeen to one hundred three. They beat the Heat one hundred five to ninety four. They crushed the Rockets one twenty four to eighty nine. And this one, and then they, they crushed uh, the Bucks one nineteen to ninety. Now. A lot of those teams were shorthanded. I get it. I get it. That game, especially that game against the Bucks, right? You know, you're like saying, oh, my gosh, 119-90. I don't – you know, there's definitely, um, um, I think, a part of everybody that wants to say, oh, don't take it too seriously. I mean, you're, you're you know, you're, you're relying on a guy like uh, uh, Javante Smart um, to, to, to carry the, the Milwaukee franchise right now. Um, but look, you got to win the games that are put in front of you. And I, I think going back to like what I was just talking about with um, Golden State, there's just this, this cohesiveness that you get in team sports that you desperately need, and they're building it. And this is a great time to build it. it, it I'm a Jets fan, right? I think anybody out there listening to me knows that. Um, that's the one thing the Jets can't do is they just can't really put a core group of guys together. Um, that's why you shouldn't buy any Jets jerseys because you buy a jersey for a guy and he'll be gone the next day. And I think, unfortunately, uh, a lot of Giants fans would understand the same thing. They they can't seem to quite get that front office alignment correct with the coach, the head, the, the with the uh, the head coach, the GM, and and the quarterback. They just can't get all on the same page at the same time. Um, look, I I. I like what Cleveland's doing. Yes, I'm taking their 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 great success with a grain of salt because yes, they had a five game losing streak in um, you know mid November, but those losses were to the Celtics, the Nets, the Warriors, the Nets again on the Suns. Literally every one of those teams, I mean, is a is a a bona fide title contender 
with the exception of maybe the Celtics, who I don't know what to make of the Celtics. I just don't trust the Celtics. I don't think I've ever seen such a talented team not I, I've never, I've never seen such a talented team really not put it together. It's really, it's really uh, uh, interesting. I mean, Udoka, it's Udoka's first year as a coach over in Boston, um, with Brad Stevens having taken a step back and gone, gone upstairs. Um, it's a 500 team. They're eighth in the East. You're gonna be able to say you're playing in, in a bigger tournament than just walking away at the end of the regular season. Um, I thought the Joe Johnson signing was fantastic. Now, is it good for the team? I don't know, but I thought it was hilarious. I really enjoyed seeing some old highlights of Joe Johnson, including one of him defending Jordan in a Wizards jersey, which was just, boy, Joe Johnson's been around for a long time. So that was uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, but you're starting to see these teams come up with creative ways to, to fill out their rosters. Um, it's going to be an interesting, again, second half of the season isn't fair. I mean, some of these teams have played like 32 games. They still got 50 to go, but there's like two halfway points in the NBA season. There's, there's the Christmas, there's the Christmas break. I'm putting in air quotes. Can't see it because of the radio. And then there's the um, all-star break. Uh, so, you know, if you want to think of it in some ways, you can almost argue that the season in, in thirds based on those um, I'd be really interested to hear or to talk to maybe an NBA player one day and just, just understand how they view the, the, the chop of the season. But we'll see. There's a lot of basketball to go. Um, you know, right now, um, the, the Brooklyn Nets, I think, are, are probably the team to beat. And, and I, I just don't want to sound – too uh, too biased on that because I am a Nets fan. Um, I think the Bulls just are 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 either a play away, a player away, or they just need they need to show me a little bit more. But I, I think I also think this could be a situation where where the Bulls do put it together towards the the end of the season. Um, you know, the Bucks once they get Giannis back, they'll be fine. I don't see the Cavs. Holding together, actually, you know, the Heat for for a team with such a good record, I I, I think they're 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 playing they're playing ball, um, but they're still underachieving somehow. I I I, I I'm sold. I, I remember when Eric Spolstra first went to the Heat, and uh, I didn't know who the dude was. You know, but I was like, all right, LeBron picked his coach, but the guy has really proven that he doesn't need um, LeBron there. So. Hey, listen, a lot of basketball to go. I'm really excited about the rest of the season. Um, I uh, encourage everybody to hang in there, though. We all know that this right now is a very tough period um, with, uh, with the COVID situation, with um, the numbers spiking. It, 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 you know, first and foremost, I, I hope anybody who's listening uh, have a really good holiday. Stay safe, stay, stay sane. Um, be kind to each other. Just give a shout out to my mom who's had uh, a couple of heart surgeries um, since I was last on. And that is one of the reasons for my, my absence. And I appreciate everybody holding, uh, holding serve while, uh, while I've been out. Um, But listen, you listen to the crossover cafe. We're going to be here on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, I encourage everybody to check us out constantly 
on uh, www.sportcitychefs.com, www.sportcitychefs.com. Take a listen to our work on uh, wherever you can find your podcast, Apple, uh, Spotify. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you ask uh, Alexa to do it, she'll do it for you. Um, but I'm going to wrap this up a little bit early because I can feel my voice starting to go. But it is truly an honor to uh, be here on the airwaves with the Sports City Chefs. Uh, Aaron, great talking to you. Barry, uh, we love having you in the spot, and I'm looking forward to doing this with you again. Uh, make sure you check out all of our other shows. I mean, I've got the airtime, so I'm just going to bring up uh, some of the other great things that we've got. Um, you know, we always have the cookout with uh, the villain and Timeless. Those are always great. The uh, the free-for-all. I think the free-for-all is one of the best shows that uh, that we've got going with the uh, with the Sports City Chefs. A um, lot of great football talk. And, and if you're like me, if you listen to this show, if you listen to uh, my baseball show uh, with Nate, uh, you'll know that I'll frequently bring up football. And football, we all know, is king. Just look at the ratings. Uh, but basketball's coming up. We're going to cross you over. We're going to take you over, football. We're coming for you. Um, but check us out. we got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good people. And I'm really proud of everybody on the shows. Um, thanks for listening to me today. We're, like I said, we're going to cut it a little bit early today. Um, you know, make sure you take a little bit of extra time that you have. Uh, I know you allotted an hour to sit down and enjoy this show. Make sure you wrap those presents extra tight. Tell everybody that you love them. Have a great night, everybody. And uh, I have said enough for a lifetime. And for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant good afternoon. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City chefs, chefs. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.